1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovins, and this is our latest look at the Kansas City Royals. I'm joined here at the winter meetings by Jeffrey Flanagan. And, Jeffrey, uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, whether it's this week or this month or this offseason, the Royals have some very interesting decisions ahead, just from a financial standpoint, as they try to maintain a competitive uh, front here uh, in, you know, going into 2017. They're also trying to cut costs. Got to blow it up, trade everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one way you're, to go about. yeah, you're right.
0: Though I mean, they're, they're at a crossroads here. They got seven or eight free agents after 2017, but you got to balance that with trying to be competitive and getting back to, to the World Series next year. So, do you make uh, a couple of you know deals here or not? Uh, it has to improve the team now and toward the future. So that's the tricky part. But yeah, financially they're they're strapped. To the payroll's is going to be 145, which is going to be another record. Uh, they can't go any more above that, so they won't be players in the free agent market. But uh, you know, they they could. You'll hear you'll hear Wade Davis's name pop up, or, or Gerard Dyson, or maybe Lawrence
1: O'Kane. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of rumors like that. Yeah, uh, and and one thing I wonder about the Royals this new collective bargaining agreement. Now we know that the terms moving forward the next five years and um, uh, you know draft pick compensation has changed so drastically. You wonder if that does change the Royals' mindset when you talk about having so many pending free agents. Now the equations a lot different. Um, you know, before maybe you you could bank on a a first round pick. Should those guys, did you extend the qualifying offer and they sign elsewhere? The qualifying offer itself is a complicated conversation because it's so expensive. Exactly. It might be eighteen million dollars or so. Um, but but now that the draft pick compensation might not be as strong as it once was. Maybe there's more incentive to move those guys. Yeah, I mean,
0: you, you bring up the QO. I mean, it's going to be up to 18 million next year. What what small market team can pay a guy 18 million dollars? Other than maybe, you know, Eric Hosma is probably worth that much. But are you going to pay Moose that or Escobar or you know even Wade Davis? He's an elite closer. But 18 million. Uh, I mean, one of the reasons why they didn't offer Morales or Volquez the QO this year is is they were afraid they were going to take it. And now you're stuck paying 17 million to a guy. Um, you know who 's probably not worth it on the open market, so compensation compensation or not uh, I think the biggest hurdle for for a team like the Royals is just offering the QO. they just can 't uh, do that to their payroll
1: right now, so of all the pending free agents. Um I think Wade Davis probably has the most tangible trade value in this market just because of how we've seen the relief market explode in general. Um, And maybe you could make the case for Hosmer, but there's a lot of first base, you know, DH type bats. So I, I would probably lean towards Davis there. How, what are your expectations there, basically? I and mean, we know how important the bullpen has been to this club, and yet we know, boy, here's a real opportunity to get some young talent back. And they'd have to get some young talent yeah. and, and somebody that could help right now right. because, I
0: mean, the, the number one concern this offseason was to try to get that bullpen back to a, a shutdown status, which it was not last year. So how do you do that by trading away its best piece? You know, that's the, that's the tricky part for Dayton Moore right now is he's, he's probably going to have to move someone like that, but he needs to get something big in return. Uh, because uh, when they faded down the stretch, it was because the bullpen uh, betrayed them, so to speak. So, um, you know, you got Moose, you you mentioned Hosmer, Escobar, Dyson, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, Danny Duffy's another guy who who could draw a lot of interest too, but do you really want to trade your best young left-handed pitcher? So all these decisions, uh, Dayton Moore and his staff are
1: are talking about right now. Uh, And Duffy, obviously there's maybe some... Attempt to, to re-sign and extend him. Where where's that stand right now? Uh,
0: they're still having talks. They're kicking the tires on that. Both sides have agreed that they they want to do this. So I think it gets done before spring training. Okay,
1: well there's maybe one less name on the on the right. trade candidate go. list. That would be nice. <laughs> um, Dyson's interesting to me, just as a as a guy who has obviously had great value to the Royals. Um, but if if it is uh, Possibility to, to shed a, a couple million dollars, and, and he has such such value, uh, you know, in a game that has more of a defensive mindset, that, that kind of thing. Um, there, there's a lot of teams, you know, looking for center field help in, in particular. So he's but he's the one I mean. most he's the most cost efficient guy they sure. got, though. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, yeah. it'd be tough to part ways with someone who's only making two point five. <laughs> you know, that doesn't really move the chains <laughs> but very the, much. But the the value of, of him relative to his salary makes him more valuable in the trade market. You know? Exactly, and yeah. coming off an injury plagued year, it's yeah. it's. It's always delicate conversations of what a guy is worth. Sometimes they're worth more than you think, sometimes less than yeah. you think in the trade market. Well, and he proved the last six weeks last year that he could hit lead off. Yeah. We
0: know how good defensively he can steal 30 bases, 40 yeah. bases if he plays regularly. So I, I
1: do think he has some value. Uh, as far as needs go, what, what are the Royals' uh, shopping list right now? <laughs> and I know... Uh, you got to have the, the, the funds have money, to fill yeah. that shopping list. But in, in a dream world, what would they be adding? Well, they, I
0: think bullpen, they have to start there. Um, depending on what you do with Wade Davis, they do need some you know, back-end pieces there. They need a guy like Soria to come back and have a better year than he did last year. Uh, you may be looking for a fifth starter. Dayton always wants to go into spring training with eight or nine viable candidates uh, in the rotation. Right now, he's got maybe five or six. So, I mean, I think you'll see some... Uh, some bottom feeding through the, the free agent market, so to speak, and you know finding that guy that they found, like you know, like a Dylan G or something like that they found last year for something inexpensive, and, and uh, you know they still haven't given up the idea of maybe finding a full time DH. But again, you know costs are prohibitive, so um, they'll probably end up having a floating DH. But um, they th- they said this two years ago, and then they went out and signed Kenner's
1: Morales. Right. Right. And if you, he, of course, is very quickly uh, signed elsewhere. So we'll see how how that market shapes up for them. But uh, they do have a spot open for the Rule Five. You can talk about bottom feeding. Maybe there's an opportunity <laughs> too. <laughs> to, uh, absolutely. Add a body. They,
0: they just went down to 39, so they, they can participate in
1: Thursday's uh, <laughs> Rule Five draft. I don't know if they'll do anything, but uh, at least they'll be there. Uh, here on the first day of the meetings, Ned Yost has already has uh, he's already had his manager session. Just. What is his outlook? What is his uh, attitude about basically what's going on here? This is a little bit of a transition period right now. It is. I
0: think he's anxious to get back to spring training and see that energy that they had maybe in 14 and 15 that wasn't present last year. He talked a lot about the fatigue that this team showed last year, and we saw it with the injuries, we saw it with that overall attitude and stuff. And uh, I think they'll come back, and they'll, you know, depending. I, I think they'll have pretty much the same team going into spring training, but I think it'll come back with a whole different attitude that we didn't see last year. I think they're hungry
1: to at least to get one more title. Alright, there you have it. The latest word from Jeffrey Flanagan. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition.